Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Old-time Big Ten football. Yeah. Touchdown, Purdue! The great John Lennon once said, Tomorrow never knows. And truly, we don't know how this season is going to go for the Purdue Boilermakers. But on today's Behind the Rails, I'm going to try and predict what happens this season. Welcome into the podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Vance. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of Behind the Rails of Purdue Football on the Believe Network. If you're not already, make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you are following the show wherever you listen to podcasts. If you are listening to the show on Spotify, hit the follow button. If you're listening to the show on Apple, hit the follow button. And then also scroll down, give us a rating hopefully five stars. If not, I'll take four stars. I I never thought of myself as a five-star recruit. I'm not even a four-star, but I'll take it. I'll take it. And then if you haven't checked out the show on YouTube, I want you to go ahead and do that. Um, new kind of setup. The setup here in the home studio here is ever-evolving. As we get closer to the season, we're improving things. Uh, hopefully the quality of the picture is better than what it was past. As we've upgraded the camera, we've upgraded the microphone. We've got the screen behind me rolling through graphics and social medias. Hopefully you can read those. Those are a little tiny. I might make them bigger um, so you guys can actually maybe read those uh, for those that have some um, issues with the eyes. Um, kind of like my wife who has a pretty heavy prescription. She won't listen to this, so don't worry Yeah, if it gets back to her, because I know it won't. So with this screen behind me, I want to kind of announce, I've kind of teased what I want to do with this going forward. Um, I want to keep doing some of these things that are going forward on the screen behind me, you know, have the schedule that will be updated, and I'll have my predictions on there. Um, and see if I'm right or wrong as the season goes on. We'll have the logo and the socials on there. But if you're a Purdue fan who listens to this podcast, first off, get more people to listen to this podcast. And then if you're going to be out at Ross Aid uh, next week on Saturday, if you're going to be there taking pictures, taking selfies, send them to me. DM me, send them to the email that's behind me, um, and I'll put you here on the screen. I'm going to pick, you know, three to five people, depending on how good the the quality of the pictures are. I don't want to put a ton on here, and who knows, we might get zero. But even if you're sitting at home watching your couch, show me your setup for the Purdue game. Um, I'm going to have two TVs going on Saturday. 
I'm going to have, uh, I might actually take this TV downstairs um, and put another game on because I'm going to be locked into the Purdue game at noon on the Big Ten Network. And uh, there's going to be a ton of other games going on. I, I don't want to lose focus. I'm, you know, a huge college football fan in general. So I'm going to have multiple TVs going. Um, if you have the same, send me picks. Send me what you got going on for the Purdue game. Send me you dressed up in your uh, Purdue gear. I'll throw it on the screen, give you a shout out on the show. And uh, just want to get you guys involved with the show. I, I see plenty of people commenting, liking, uh, giving their predictions. And and it brings me some joy because people are starting to really enjoy the podcast as it's been revamped for the 2023 season. And I don't have to be the only Purdue football podcast you listen to. There are plenty of other good ones out there. I know Big Time Boiler has shouted us out on the show, and he's done a, a great job over there. Those guys are doing excellent work. Uh, there's other podcasts you can listen to. I'll just be one of many, many Purdue football podcasts that you listen to, as I could be just a different voice and maybe a different perspective you have not heard and uh, hope to enjoy as the 2023 season goes out. You can also follow me, social media. I've been tweeting out clips, posting TikToks of clips of the show, uh, on Instagram Reels, all that good stuff in case you can't catch the full show or just want to see me in bite size. I know I can be a lot to take in for, you know, 20 to 30 minutes on a full video on YouTube, but it, those views count as well. So on this edition of the podcast, and I know on, on last Thursday's episode, I said that I was going to give you my record and I slipped my mind. But I'm going to give you my prediction for the season on this show. And I'm going to post it on social media. And what I want you to do is also comment what you think Purdue is going to do uh, this season. You can comment below if you're watching. You can uh, send me a message or comment on the post on the on social media. So give me your prediction for what Purdue is going to be this season. I'm also going to give you some predictions about some of the stats and stuff. I think that we're going to go through uh, the offensive side of the ball. We're going to go through the defensive side of the ball and uh, give us some uh, stat predictions, some outlook on what I think some of the guys would do. How many yards will Cudson Card throw for? How many tackles? Who's going to be the leading tackler? Who's going to lead the team in sacks? Um, how many wins over top 25 teams is Purdue going to have this year those are the types of things that we're going to get in, in into here on the podcast so let's get into it first off I kind of alluded to it when I previewed the offense and I think I actually made a little snippet of this and posted it out on social media I think Devin Mockaby is going to reach 1,000 yards rushing this season I think the way that we've kind of talked about the offense so far is that, yes, it's going to be an air raid. Yes, Graham Harrell is going to be uh, the man in charge of this offense. But when you look at the way that he kind of has run the air raid and how he's incorporated the run game, I think that Maccabi is going to reach a thousand yards rushing because I think this offense is going to be more balanced. I think there's going to be a lot of passing. But I think how can you ignore a weapon like Devin Mockaby and not use him to his 
full capability. And I believe that he is a 1,000-yard rusher. He was almost that last year. I'll even say he gets to 1,200 yards rushing. I think that he can have that type of special of a season. Uh, just because also involved, you don't really know what the wideout situation, how those guys are going to progress. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be good. But I think maybe even early on here as Hudson Card kind of gets that um, mojo, gets that connection with these receivers in game, not just in a practice setting. I think they lean on Devin Mockabee maybe just a little bit more here early on, and that produces hopefully some big numbers. Because you have to remember, in some of the games last year, he was held in check. In some of the bigger games, I think in the Michigan game, he was held in check. Um, And I think that in other games, he was held underneath 100 yards by a significant margin. And he really didn't get going until after the first game of the year, last year. So I think it's definitely in the cards for him to have over a thousand yards, potentially 1200 yards this season. And I think also he's going to be involved in the passing game a lot. He's going to have a a lot of receptions. He had over 30 last year. I think he comes close to that number once again this year. Um, I think they might try to get more guys involved. So it might not just be uh, him in the backfield getting those receptions. I think for Hudson Card, I think that he is going to throw for over 3,300 yards and for more than 27 touchdowns. Those numbers, the yardage is a little less than Aiden O'Connell last year, but it's more touchdowns. I think that this offense is going to progress and get better as the season goes along. I think the wideouts are going to get better as they get more experience and they find their roles and who's coming in and is going to be a breakout type receiver. I think that Hudson card is going to be very productive. I think he's going to be smart with the ball. I don't think he's going to be throwing a lot of interceptions. I think he'll throw less than 10 interceptions as well this season. That'd be less than what O'Connell threw. I think he threw 13 or 14 last season. So I think he's going to be much more efficient than Aiden was last season uh, because Aiden was much better in the 2021 season as far as efficiency and completion percentage and all that. So I think that with the balancing of that offense and Maccabi getting more production on the ground, I think, you know, you probably see that passing number just dip from what it was last year from O'Connell to what card is. It's still right there. It's still pretty close. It's, you know, averaging close to nearly 300 yards per game. I, I think that it's probably, 270 to something to 280 maybe yards per game so i i think this offense i have i have pretty high hopes for it that it's going to be a well-oiled machine as the season goes along i don't really necessarily have a prediction for a breakout receiver but i think i have a prediction for who is going to be their top receiver this year and i think it's an easy answer that it's going to be tj sheffield just because he's the most experienced guy coming back as the leading returning receiver back on the roster. I think he has over 70 catches, over 700 yards, and eight touchdowns. I think that's that's double what he had in in 2022. Uh, He only had four touchdown 
uh, receptions last year. I think he doubles that this year, almost doubles his receiving total and almost nearly doubles his uh, his uh, reception total as well. He was about 46 catches, about 460-something yards last season. So I think his production increases because he's going to be the main guy, I believe, this year. I, I think it, it probably goes him, Deion Burks, Marshawn Rice, uh, Garrett Miller, I think is is poised for a huge breakout season. I think he's going to be that Payne Durham type uh, where it's it's going to be, I, I think he's going to be, I think Hudson Card is going to be spreading the ball around to a lot of different guys um, just because I think you're, he's going to try to get a lot of guys involved and because a lot of guys are going to try and and step up and be that breakout type guy. And I think there's a number of different options, a number of different skill sets that could be used as well uh, because there are many different types of receivers that that uh, that Purdue has on the roster right now and can be taken advantage of. Let's, uh, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Sanusi Kane, he was the uh, leading tackler for the team last year. I don't think so again this year. I think it's going to be somebody else. I, I think so, and I, I alluded to it on the defensive uh, preview last uh, last Thursday, or last Sunday, excuse me. I think that it's not going to be Nishi Kane leading the team in tackles. I think it's going to be somebody else. I think it could be Kadrain Jenkins. I think it could be... Uh, it might be Cam Allen. It could be OC Brothers. It could be Clyde Washington. You would hope that it's a linebacker, I, I think, because if they're getting to the third level in the defense, that's that's a problem. You need the guys in the middle, at least the linebackers, if it's not the guys up front swallowing them, that I think that it's it needs to be a linebacker. That's where Brothers... Washington, um, you know, Yanni Karloftis. I don't I don't think he's going to get up there as far as numbers and tackles, but he could take away some of those tackles. But you just you need guys that are in that second line of defense that are swallowing up the run game, making tackles over the middle, just so Sanusi Kane is not coming up and having to make what feels like a ton of tackles every single game because that means Bigger plays are happening, seven, eight yards, maybe even further downfield that Kane is having to kind of sweep things up and uh, clean up the mess that was in front of him. So I think if if it's not him this season, I think that means the defense has improved. I think that, you know, having somebody else be that impact guy and and stopping uh, the the rushing attack and, and making – uh, stops over the middle and and on the edges, having different guys do that and not just having Kane. I think it's definitely an improvement for the defense for this upcoming season. I do think that the defense will improve. I, I don't think they'll be worse than 84th in scoring defense. I think they make that make that improvement. Like I said, I think they make that jump up into the 50s or the 60s as far as scoring defense. I think that has to do with the the type of quarterbacks they're going to play. I think the type of offenses they're going to play this year. I think the improvements that they made in the transfer portal. 
I think all of those things kind of get wrapped into one thing that it's not just one particular thing that is the reason why this defense is improved. I think it's a combination of a lot of different things. So, and hopefully, you know, less turnovers on the offensive side of the ball, as I mentioned, also plays into that. So a lot of different factors, especially when you have also a defensive minded head coach coming in, changing things, how, how things are done, I think is also going to make a vast improvement. One other thing I wanted to get to on the defense before I get to a couple of my other final predictions for the season. I think Malik Langham and Jeremy Mbaugh, that duo that transferred in that are going to be playing on the edges, I think those two guys are going to combine together for more than 12 sacks this year. I think those guys bring a higher level. I think they have a higher floor, um, maybe a little bit higher ceiling than what Purdue has had as far as on the edges the last couple of years, ever since I think probably George Karloftis. I think that this these guys on the edge are going to be much improved. I think as we talked about um, on uh, the defensive preview that, you know, maybe on the edges are your question marks at outside linebacker, edge rusher, defensive end, and on the corners. But I think these guys coming in, I think they're going to make a difference. I really do. And, and I think they're going to get after the quarterback. I think they're going to get in the backfield, have a, a ton of tackles for loss, a bunch of sacks. And I think that's another factor that makes this defense a, a whole lot better and, and, and a lot a lot more improved than, than what it was last year. One final prediction as a team before I give my season record uh, prediction. I think Purdue beats two teams this year, two of them, that are ranked in the top 25. Now, whether that's Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, or Wisconsin, I think it's the combination of, of one of those, and they're probably going to be ranked at the time. I believe in the AP poll, Iowa is 25th, and Wisconsin, I think, is in the teens somewhere. I don't think they're going to get Michigan or Ohio State. I mean, that would count towards it. But I think they get two top 25 wins this year. And I think those would be kind of signature wins. They wouldn't be kind of. They would be signature wins for Ryan Walters in year one. And to get your start as a head coach and get two top 25 wins on your resume in your first season, I think would be great. I, I think they can do it, too. Because even if I was still ranked 25th by the time Purdue travels out there and takes on the Hawkeyes. It's it's a top 25 win. I think it's a game that can be won. I think there's a good chance Illinois is ranked. I think there's a good chance Minnesota is ranked at the time. Just because there's a good chance that those teams are going to pile up a few wins here early on in the season. And uh, maybe, maybe not Minnesota by the time that November rolls around, but they could be you know, jumping in there, jumping and getting knocked out and, uh, you know, playing that dance throughout the season just because their schedule is so difficult and they might upset uh, one of those teams on their schedule that is probably also ranked 
in the top 25. So two, count them, two top 25 wins for Purdue this season. That brings us to the season prediction for Purdue this season. I believe their record will be seven and five. I put out a poll on Saturday as week zero games were kicking off. And I asked, will Purdue go to a bowl this year? I put four different options on, on social media, on Twitter, uh, X now, what is formerly known as Twitter. Uh, I hope so. I wish I doubt it. I don't care as the four options, those people that don't care, whatever. But it was kind of split on, I wish, and I hope so. With that 7-5 and five record, I think you probably get to bowl eligibility by the time that you are uh, about to play Indiana. So I think they pick up that sixth win at Northwestern. I think they pick up their seventh win over Indiana in the old Oak and Bucket game. And I think they start off the season 3-0. and I picked wins over Fresno State, Virginia Tech, Syracuse. I think they end up beating Iowa and Nebraska. That's a one, two, three, four, five. And then I think they beat Northwestern in Indiana. Now, you could talk me into flipping a couple of those games. Do they beat Illinois? Do they beat Minnesota? I, I think, you know, you could flip a couple of results. But that's why in – the schedule preview show, I called those games toss-ups because they're that's what they are. They're toss-ups. I I think if if they get one of the long shot wins that that I thought uh about in the last episode, if they get the win over Wisconsin, further enhances that their chances of making a bowl are are sick through the roof. I think they, you know, they beat Wisconsin. I think eight win eight wins is a possibility if they can beat Wisconsin. Now, if they beat Michigan or Ohio State, maybe it's just a one-off. But I think that definitely increases the chances that they're going to a bowl. I mean, that gives you a lot of momentum, gives you another signature win. So a lot, a lot of positivity, I think, with this with this season going in, year one under Ryan Walters. And we get to find out on Saturday and going forward as the schedule kind of wraps up here of the, the preseason shows Thursday will be the Fresno state preview. I'll have another episode out on Sunday, recapping the show, recapping the game, excuse me, against the Bulldogs. And then we'll kind of follow that Thursday, Sunday schedule for the rest of the season. Might move up, you know, Wisconsin, the Wisconsin game and, and week four might move up that preview to uh, to Wednesday because that game is going to be played a day earlier on Friday. So Sundays and Thursday, that is the plan moving forward to have those out. So that's why you need to be subscribed. That's why you need to have that notification setting turned on. So that when you get an alert on your phone and on your device that, hey, there is another behind the rails to listen to. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind the Rails on the Believe Network. It's almost here, folks. This Saturday, Purdue kicks off in a beautiful, new, renovated Ross-Aid Stadium. And I think it should be a fantastic game. I hope to preview what should be a fantastic game coming up this Thursday. And until then, I've been your host, Bryce Vant. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.